well, I was just mentioning how this is kind of a big deal. This is uh, the last episodic thing until we get into whatever we choose to do after the movies. Right. For like a decade or something. Trek Companion. This is episode 247. I am your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are going to conclude Star Trek Voyager with the episodes Renaissance Man and Endgame. Here we go. Renaissance Man, Season 7, Episode 24, Production Code 270, Original Air Date, May 16th, 2001, Directed by Mike Beeger, Story by Andrew Price and Mark Gieberman, Teleplay by Phyllis Strong and Mike Sussman, Music Composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Alexander Inberg as Vorick, Andy Milder as Nar, Wayne Thomas York as Zet, David Sparrow as Alien, G.R. Quinones as Hierarchy, and Earl Maddox as Uxali Alien. <laughs> En route from a medical conference back to Voyager, the Delta Flyer carrying Captain Janeway and the Doctor are captured by Zet and Nar, members of the Hierarchy. They keep Janeway in captivity and force the Doctor to return to Voyager using disguises enabled by his hollow emitter to get the crew to turn over the warp core and several gel packs. Zet inserts programming into the Doctor's program to allow them to directly monitor and communicate with him. Fifteen years ago, you were the lieutenant who was kept in the dark. If you hadn't questioned your captain's orders, the entire away team would have been lost. The situation's entirely different. You never told me that story. I made it up. Chakotay to, to Tubok. I've erected a dampening field around these quarters. I'm sorry, Commander. Steve, kick us off on Renaissance Man. All right. Um, yeah, you know, this is one of several that I kind of mix up with other episodes a little bit until it starts rolling. I think it's, um, I mean, you know, we, we all love the doctor, Robert Picardo, and he's great and it's, and it's fun. Um, I, I think though, maybe there are a number of episodes kind of close together that cause some confusion for me when I watch them in this format in terms of, um, people emulating other people and having, you know, this, this kind of stuff. Um, but, but I mean, it, it's, it's fun. He does a great job and uh, they get to do something unusual. My, my, my biggest issue I think is that it feels once again, like they're not, they're not letting a character progress because it makes kind of the doctor makes him kind of look bad in terms of, have we still not developed some level of trust where he feels he can find a way to confide in people with him here we are the second to the last episode of the series and instead basically you know does some mutinous ploy working around everybody to try to make this happen you know and and also uh, there's there kind of is some tone issues for me you know it's like some elements of it are comical others are you know he's knocking people out with hyposprays and so on you know and so um, again, he, he's, he's, he's a great actor. I enjoy the character overall, but to me, it kind of, it kind of feels like 
this this uh, seventh season here again. You know, like let's let's kind of throw some ideas together, make this happen. It can be fun because it's the doctor, but it's it's you know, it for all the reasons I already mentioned, it doesn't. It's not fantastic for me. You know. Yeah, you know, it feels like I completely agree with you. It feels like they had an idea and then they forced it onto the doctor. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if the doctor had to use his emitter to fake being all these people on on Voyager and tricky everybody? And we can have this and we'll, you know, it'll be some serious stuff. We'll get a funny scene. We can have Paris kiss him or, you know, whatever. Right, right. Without thinking about, hey, this is not who the doctor is anymore. I mean, he's progressed, and there is a level of trust. And you know, the captain gives him an order. That's one thing he. I mean, he would have done it. I think. And and two, even if he had to do something, he would have trusted that the Voyager crew, you know, would do everything they could to try and save her. I, I mean, I just completely out of context of the show and who these characters are. It's it's a fine episode, <laughs> but right. But it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense with who our characters are anymore, to me. Yeah, Adam, what are your th- thoughts here? Yeah, I'm pretty much in line with you guys as well. Don't get me wrong; this episode's fine. I I enjoyed it, but I you know definitely you know you two brought up the the weaknesses in it, and I totally agree because um I definitely agree with Steve because I had the same thoughts. It's like it's it doesn't the episode doesn't match. So does it want to be comical or does it want to be serious? Um, and, you know, early on, you know, it seems kind of serious. You know, you have Janeway very serious about her orders. Don't do this. Um, but then when we're on, when he's on the ship and he's switching between, um, you know, jumping to different characters, it's, it's very comical. So um, maybe it looked, like I said, when they're putting the script together, it might have one of those, one of those deals that looks better on, on paper than it actually does translate to screen. Um but yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think maybe if they if they would have decided to make this a serious episode, they would. I think they would have had to put Janeway in a little bit more peril because it wasn't. That's that was another thing. You know, you have the Doctor doing these mutinous acts, which I can understand. But at the same time, they don't really have Janeway in too much peril um, on her end. I mean, yes, she's being held captive, and yes, one of these guys is threatening to kill her. But then even on, on that side of the story, we'll just, just call it the B side of the story, she's making friends with, you know, she's doing her whole Janeway thing. So you never, I never really felt like she was in enough peril to um, justify what the doctor was doing. Well, it has an odd structure. You know, it starts off for a long time. It's just the fake Janeway doctor stuff on Voyager. And then it flips to the stuff on the alien ship once we... So once we discover what's really going on, we immediately start spending a lot of time on the alien ship. And then it feels the climax feels like, oddly, when the Doctor steals the warp core. This, that's a big kind of set action piece there. He's running around the ship and all that. And that's what he's been leading up to for a long time. That It feels like that's kind of the climax, but it isn't. There's That's, you know, only three-fifths into the episode. And then there's nothing else after that that feels as climactic. It's just... You know, it's a guy hitting a guy in the back of a head, the head to stop him. That's the supposed to be the climax, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's so it's got an odd structure that I think makes it feel kind of wanting and clunky. 
It doesn't help either that the 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 villain race, which we've seen before, is is one of the least imposing kind of aliens. Yeah. You know, they they does they, it, it makes it feel like this should be something comical. Yet the actions that the the Doctor are taking are are harsh, big deals. You know, I mean, it's like he's, yeah. he's taking people out, he's injecting the warp core, all this huge stuff, and it's like for what? And we look at this like, what is going? This is supposed to be like a big joke or something, you know? You put Kim and Jakote unconscious in the morgue. That's <laughs> creepy waking up that way. Where the hell am I? Have we ever seen this morgue set before? I feel like we haven't. Not that I recall. No, I don't recall it either. It might have elicited a, a minor chuckle when uh, Tuvok went into the holodeck and there were the hundred doctors. I don't have a lot to say about this, except, yeah, that it, it's just another example of a season sep- season seven episode that makes me wish they'd only gone six seasons. <laughs> right. Well, and, 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 the, and, the, and the wrap-up thing is so embarrassing for the Doctor, too. It's like, not only do we have no uh, sure. progression, and it feels like, why is he still like this and the trust issues we've already talked about, but this whole you know, confession thing that just kind of lays everything all out and makes them look ridiculous, you know? Well, well the, the the really bad one there. I mean, they're, they're funny things until he gets to seven and he, he professes his love for her. And the show almost feels like it's, and this is the part that I start to get just a little angry and I'm holding back. <laughs> yes, I'm holding back. Holy God, am I holding back for a few more minutes? But yeah, I briefly started to get almost a little bit upset. It almost feels like it's kind of, uh, the show is um, making fun of, him like it's laughing right. at him when he's telling her he loves her right. and yeah. i know he loves her and i want her to love him back so desperately but that's not it's seen isn't played that way you feel very i feel very very bad for him and how did how did other people not feel that way and, you know and they they just throw this out there the last few seconds in the penultimate episode where we know that you know they're not going to really have to deal with this. There is a scene in Endgame, and it's equally as insulting if you hate the Chakotay 7 matchup as much as I do uh, with the Doctor. And Wait, hold him back, hold him back. But it's just, uh, it's unfair. It's unfair to this, to this guy. If you're going to do that, you need to have a scene. Like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't just say, Laugh at him is what it feels like that's happening. There's there's no response to that. You can't tell this person after all these years that you love her and that's it. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just holding back here. I'm holding back. I was going to say uh, this episode leaves me wanting, but I'm really just thinking about Endgame and trying to keep myself from talking about it until we're officially talking about it. So, Well, I think I'll go back to your, your seventh season remark, um, Brian. And I, I think the biggest kind of flaw with this is not – it's not a bad thing that they made a, a season seven. It's just that they didn't really have any kind of structure or plan for it. You know, um, you know, if you look at season seven of DS nine, it probably, you know, wasn't as good as season six, but at least there was a structure in season seven for deep space nine. Yeah. And even really for next generation, I mean, Jake's generations a little more similar to, to this season seven of Voyager, but I mean, they had a structure in a place and they had a story arc that they were, um, that they were telling, you know, and they were able to, you know, we're going to talk about Endgame in a second. They were able to kind of do the exact opposite of what Endgame did in next in next gen as they did here, and um, you know, and I like I said, I was I was doing a lot of thinking about this about season seven. And it's like when we get into Endgame, there's we'll get there, but I mean, my problem with this whole season is there was no structure to it, um, and we see that in Endgame because there's no set there's no setup for Endgame. Um, 
you know, and then we have this, you know, we've had a couple episodes here where we just really wrap characters up really quick. Um, Neelix a couple episodes ago, and then, you know, they kind of seem to be trying to wrap up all the Doctor's loose ends here. Although, you know, the only one that that really mattered was the Seven of Nine, you know, confession. You know, who cares that he, you know, made fun of Kim's, um, you know, saxophone playing or a couple of the other things. It's that that's what if they were going to do this, that's what they really should have focused on it because he went through everybody else and it was kind of ridiculous things that he was um, expressing. And then by the time you got to seven, it was like it felt like a ridiculous moment and it did gave it no emotional. There was no emo- emotional weight to it. You were just you were embarrassed. And that's what the look on everybody's face in that um, holodeck showed. What is this episode about? I had a hard time coming up with this episode, what this episode was about. And I did want to clarify, I, I kind of like this episode. I wouldn't say it's great, but it, I, I enjoyed it, you know, because for the comical moments, they will look past the other stuff. I guess it just comes down to like being, uh, learning to trust um, your family, the people that are around you. I don't think they do a particularly good job of it. Um, you know, um, I mean, I guess with that end scene, they were trying to say, you know, be open and honest with your family. I don't know, Steve. I I I, I struggled with the, what it's about on this. Episode. Well, it's the kind of thing that maybe they could have they could have done, and we would have talked about something, some kind of development for the doctor, like four years ago, or I don't know, or something. But now it it, it just rings hollow. And yeah, they're they're trying to do some kind of thing, like you know, hey, trust in your um, compatriots, your 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 friends and don't go on on your own you know this kind of bit but it, it sabotages itself right and left and it's and it's way too late in the game to be trying to do that with this character so yeah i don't know okay let's do six degrees for renaissance man adam yes is this alexander enberg's final appearance as Vorik? um Yes. Yes. Steve. <laughs> yep. Andy Andy Milder, Milder plays Nar, the alien that decides to help Janeway out by knocking out his boss, the jerk. He played a bowling in the fifth season of DS9 in the episode where O'Brien and crew scavenge an abandoned Cardassian station that's awful similar to DS9. Complete this title. Empoch blank. Nor. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's finish Voyager. <laughs> In-game, Season 7, Episodes 25 and 26, Production Code 271, Original Air Date May 23rd, 2001, Directed by Alan Croker, Story by Rick Berman, Kenneth Biller, and Brandon Braga, Teleplay by Kenneth Biller and Robert Doherty, Music Composed by Jay Chataway, Guest Cast Include Alice Krieg as Borg Queen, Dwight Schultz as Reginald Barkley, Vaughn Armstrong as Cora, Manu Unturami as Icheb, Lisa Lociero as Miral Paris, Miguel Perez as Physician, Grant Carson as Cadet, Amy Lindsay as Lana, Matthew James Williamson as Klingon, Iris Barr as Cadet, Ashley Sierra Hughes as Sabrina Wildman, and Richard Hurd as Admiral Owen Paris. In the year 2404, the Federation is celebrating the 10th anniversary of Voyager's return to Earth from 23 years in the Delta Quadrant. An older Admiral Catherine Janeway acquires a chrono deflector from a Klingon named Kroorth and uses it on her shuttle to travel back to 2378 in the Delta Quadrant. She pulls rank on her younger self, ordering Voyager to emit an anti-tachyon pulse that collapses the temporal distortion and prevents the Klingons from following her through. 
Aboard her old starship, the Admiral tells her younger self to return to the nebula filled with Borg they passed by a few days before. She provides advanced technologies that allow Voyager to bypass the massive Borg defenses and enter a trans-warp corridor. A long time ago, I made a decision that stranded this crew in the Delta Quadrant. I don't regret that decision. But I didn't know all of you then. And Voyager was just a starship. It's much more than that now. It's become our home. I know I could order you to carry out this plan, and none of you would hesitate for a second. But I'm not going to do that. You know the crewmen who work under you. And you know what your own hearts are telling you. So we're not going to attempt this unless everyone in this room agrees. Endgame. Deep breath. You know... When we started this podcast a decade ago, there were a little over 700 existing episodes of Star Trek, and there's a reason this is the final one we are discussing after 10 years. <laughs> I had a visceral reaction the first time I saw this episode. I've, I'm not sure I've ever been this upset. God, I don't know. I, I remember the final episode of Sopranos. I was pretty mad. <laughs> That's funny, Brian. I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy the final episode of Sopranos either. So we're equal on that one. But that's nothing compared to this because this is Star Trek. And not only is this Star Trek, but in a way, I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, I've thought about why, but in, in for some reasons, I've, I've always felt, I don't know, closer to these characters than the characters on the other Star Trek shows that I like even more than this show. I don't know why exactly. Maybe part of it was I was the perfect age to, but by the time Voyager came out, I was a, I was a Star Trek nut and I devoured it from day one. And I really remember that. And I never missed anything. Even the other shows, I, there was always something like army training. Well, I, I missed a season of DS nine, you know, and had to watch it in reruns, for example. There was always something, but Voyager wasn't like that. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of what made me love these characters in, in, in more than maybe any characters of any show was, um, you know, unlike the other shows, this one was this one group for seven years. That was the whole point, is that it was this one ship. And even if that's kind of what, say, Next Gen was, here it felt like it. Here it was like, you know, they can't just leave. They have to live their lives here and now. And there, you know, there are some other reasons I've wondered about. It could be the reason. But the gist of this is, I love these people. They feel like family to me. There's this, a scene in this episode where Janeway talks about when she's asking them, hey, we can use this conduit to get home, but I'm not going to make that, or, or we can destroy it and save millions of lives, but I'm not going to make that decision like I did seven years ago. Because the difference is now we're family. And, I mean, I kind of understood where she was coming from in that scene. You know, I kind of felt like that. And all of these things put together, my love of these characters, my belief that they are real people and my family and friends, makes this episode incredibly difficult to watch. Like, a visceral reaction that I've never had before from any other episode of anything on television. I've never had this reaction from any book I've ever read or but nothing nothing there's no piece of art that's made me more furious than I felt 
after seeing this episode the first time I saw it, and I watched it once more when the DVDs came out, and then I watched it for the third time ever today to talk talk with you guys about it. Brian, were we both in Denton when this aired? Can't remember. Yes. We were both. Yeah, we were both at Blockbuster. Yes. Still there. Yeah. It was my senior year of of college. Yeah, and uh, I'll get into I'll get into this more, but. Like I said, there's a reason this was the last of the 700 plus episodes of Star Trek that we spent the last decade watching. Um, I saved it for last because I couldn't bear to watch it again. And I can honestly say that this third time is the last time I'm ever going to watch it. I'm never watching this episode again. I don't care if you pay me. I am never watching this episode again. Uh, That kind of makes me not want to watch the show again. (laughs) But there's the end of kind of rational me. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of going to take my time with this and um and ask uh adam for your first thoughts on endgame you know we'll get into i think the three of us both agree we've kind of hinted at it over the um years talking about voyager where um you know endgame doesn't have it doesn't have any kind of conclusion it doesn't have any kind of um breath so you know the the start of the episode starts with they're already home they've been home for quite a while we get to see Voyager fly through San Francisco fireworks going off. And that's the opening of the show. So in a weird way, it's kind of intriguing coming in. I remember, remember that way back when, and we get into the story plot. It's not, it's, I, I can't say that this is, it's a bad episode. It's a bad um, series ending episode. Let me put it that way. You know, so we get into this whole Janeway coming back in time and, you know, helping Voyager and they defeat the Borg and they get home. I'm summarizing very quickly. Um, but these aren't really new themes or ideas or things that we haven't seen um, in Star Trek before. So that's where the episode, is, to me, is kind of weak, again, especially for a series finale. Um, we'll get into, you know, the Chakotay and Seven thing, which was so poorly set up. Um, I don't necessarily have the, have a problem with them trying that, you know, a romantic, you know, I, I know you would have preferred it to be the doctor. Um, what we've seen between seven and Jakote, it doesn't, what we got of it, you know, a couple episodes ago when seven was, you know, doing the holodeck stuff, which was weird. I think we all agreed on that. And now we have them thrown into a relationship here that just the last, <laughs> they're going to do this in the last episode of the series. So that I don't understand that thought process of doing that i think they could have just cut all that out and they could have had a lot more cooler stuff in this episode they could have dealt more with the borg they could have maybe you know cut all those scenes out and had an extra five minutes to the end to kind of have some sort of conclusion but um i i i don't understand the decision process of starting a relationship in the very 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 last episode um but they did it and um it's awkward and it feels out of place in the episode um, they do have some writing plot points in there to, for it to make sense. You know, this is part of the motivation that older Janeway has to go back because Seven died and I guess Chakotay went, was never the same. He was crazy afterwards. So that was their plot point to do this. But I, you could have thought of a million other things that would have moved the story along besides that. So um, I, I, get, I guess those are my thoughts. I mean, it's. It's not, I don't think it's, a t- I'm, not, I'm not as visceral about it as you are, Brian. And maybe I've, maybe I was, I think I was a little bit more back then. It's because my biggest problem with this episode is there's really not a conclusion to it. There's not of a breath of, you know, them being on earth, you know, even when they go through the, 
the portal and they come across, you know, they see all the other starships on the other side. There's not even like, Hey, we're going to beam aboard and, and, you know, I'm going to give Barkley a hug. That would have been nice, but um, I don't, I don't know why they didn't, you know, save a few minutes for at least that. Um, and so those are my initial thoughts on the episode. Uh, Steve just pointed out, I didn't even know this, I guess Richard heard, you know, the uh, Admiral Paris, uh, he passed away as we record this, he passed away a week or so ago. Oh. He must've been, must've been, a solid age. He must have been up there because he looks old here <laughs> 20 years ago. But we loved him and I loved him on Simon and Simon. Another chance I get to mention that great, great show. Uh, Steve, your first thoughts on Endgame? Yeah. Uh, he was 87, yes. So, and yeah, he was in a lot of Trek and some other shows I've seen, like you mentioned. So, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. Great career. Great yeah. career. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything that's been said here. Um, it, it's funny. I remember, I remember the, um, everything surrounding watching this episode very distinctly <laughs> because um, it's kind of a side note. It's kind of lighten it up a little bit because it is such a bad episode, but I was where I was working and where I life at this time was I basically wanted to skip a mandatory meeting to see this episode, you know, and then I made the mistake of telling somebody why I wanted to skip the meeting. And then it got back to the manager. It's like, you want to, skip our monthly meeting for a TV show, you know, not having an idea how important, <laughs> how important it was, you know, but anyway, that's beside the point, but I still remember that very distinctly now in like 19 years on, but uh, yeah, everything, everything you guys have said, I agree with it. What's, what's hard to fathom is, you know, the writing staff that have been with this show, not getting it, not understanding where, where the kind of the heart, of the series is, you know, we've already talked about last episode is that in the last episode, they kind of make a mockery of the doctor and seven, which always struck me as a very, you know, slow burn. Where's this going? Is it going anywhere? But it's certainly, you know, definitely an emotionally uh, weighted kind of theme. And they just like throw it all away. And then whatever you want to do in this thing, they instead elect to, rapidly uh, set up something that doesn't feel organic and make that the heart of the motivation of the episode. I mean, it's not only that we have this lead up of this Chakotay 7 stuff, which doesn't really feel right, doesn't make sense. And I mean, maybe if you figured out how to make it make sense three years ago, they could have had time to do it. I don't know. But instead, they rapidly put it all together. And then you make it like one of the primary motivations for Janeway doing all of this stuff to go back and like, shave years off the time they get home. You know, it's, it's ludicrous. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't understand how they didn't see that it was shallow and didn't match up with anything else in the episode. It's like, did you watch your own show? Did you like see everything that happened? That That's what, that's what seems so strange. You know, there, there's, uh, there's other stuff. Sure. There's the Tuvok element and him that, that, that's, that means something. Um, they could have handled, sure, they could have handled that better too. And that, that's not bad, that motivation, because there's that friendship that Janeway and Tuvok have. Um, but otherwise, it, it's one of these classic examples of I, we want to set up, well, this fill in the blank, some kind of detente, this big uh, moment, and let's just throw a bunch of stuff together at the last minute to make it work. And it's like, forget that we've had seven years with, with these characters. It's, it's, just a, it's just a real shame that they went down that path instead of there, there are elements that are really um, that have heart in this series. They could build on there's, I was, was already talked about this doctor and seven there's 
Perez and Torres that we've talked about how it feels so right, you know, do something with that. Um, even as throwaway, unfortunately, how they how throwaway Chicote became in this, you know, they just never wrote much for him. They're at least early on with stuff with Jane Wayne and Chicote, and they just never, you know, did anything with it and, you know, figured out how to do it. It, it just, it, it's, it's just, it's just sad that it went this way. I, I almost, you know, if you're going to do this episode, I almost wish they wouldn't have got home. You know, if you're not, if you're not going to do it right, yep. instead make the sacrifice that, you didn't get home and there's leave it be, you know, yeah. that, that's it. You know, yeah, the story might've been better like early on in this, in this season. Quantum leap, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Let me talk very briefly about the Janeway Chicote thing. I mean, not Janeway, I'm um, uh, the seven and Chicote thing. I I've made my opinion on that super clear the last couple episodes. Yeah. It feels out of left field. It feels like a, a disservice to the characters, um, to the fans of the show. It doesn't feel you know, it doesn't feel organic at all. Had to be tough on the actors too. It's like, okay, how do we generate all this in our last episode? Uh, and yeah, so and then it's so much of it is it's all pushed here. You know, when they kiss, it, I feel like my, uh, my like my eight year old son when somebody kisses and he like covers his eyes and goes, "Ooh, gross!" That's what I feel like. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Yeah. This isn't right. No. Um, <laughs> the worst of it is, I mean, it makes it seems. Uh, it, it actually works in this episode in the way that um, it like furthers the badness of it somehow. It, it like, it like makes sense here. If it, this had been a good episode and it was in it, it would be com- more confusing. Right. The scene when, when seven tells Chakotay, we have to break up. And he's like, no, <laughs> and it, feels like, it feels like such a crappy soap opera. I'm like, where did this come from? You guys said you're just through three dates, which you shouldn't have done at all, but you've been on three dates. The whole episode just feels like a shallow interpretation of, oh, let's do a big finale. I mean, it's like, what? So, yes, the the Seven Chicote stuff is just as, no, it's worse here. It's even worse here than the last couple of episodes where they messed with it. Well, see, that, that would have made, so if they would have done that episode instead of having Seven do the whole hologram thing, um, maybe that would have made sense more in this episode because it's like you're watching this episode going, they didn't even have a relationship, you know, and that's another, like, you know, you insinuated it in the last episode, you know, where the doctor is like steps forward. He's like, Oh, if you need help with personal, I was like, Oh, that was another one of those cringing scenes. And she's like, no, I've, I've got that taken care of on my own. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, why, why are they doing this? You know? Doctor, did you forget? You told me you loved me yesterday and I told you I didn't give a crap. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't forget. Let's briefly compare this to previous Star Trek shows finales. Original series that was seventy nine episodes of bottle shows. No finale there. Turnabout Intruder. No, that's not a. That didn't bother me. I mean, it, it felt crappy going out on a crappier episode. Turnabout Intruder. But shows were different in the sixties. But they yeah, but like... you don't feel you don't feel uh, deprived. Okay. Uh, next gen. Yes. Season seven is not one of their finer seasons, but all good things. All good things might just you know it's it's might be the greatest finale in the history of television. Uh, And besides that, we knew we were getting movies, so it didn't even need to be. It didn't even need to wrap up the storylines, even though it does. This that final shot, it's it's like you. It would be the equivalent of Mm Voyager not getting home. Seeing them playing cards together is feels incredible incredibly satisfying sky's the limit ds9 so ds9 
where this episode ends, that's kind of where the first hour of the DS9 two-hour finale ends, right? They they have their action stuff, you know. It's been a 10-episode arc getting there also, so it doesn't just feel like completely out of nowhere like this episode does. They, they did a 10-episode arc to complete that series. But even if we forget about that, in the finale, there's an hour of, you know, wrap up the action crap, and then the last hour of the show is getting to say goodbye to these characters. It literally has, and maybe that's a little bit cheesy by today's standards, it literally has brief little montage stuff uh, showing you the character's history, and everybody's going off, we know where they're going, and we get to say goodbye to these characters. You know, arguably DS9's finale is the most like what I'm saying I would want out of any show. A real send-off. If we look to future things... (laughs) Uh, Enterprise, you know, we've talked at length about how much these other voyages sucks, but it doesn't feel like a, it it doesn't feel like an episode of Enterprise. It doesn't, I don't know what it feels like, but it doesn't feel like an episode of Enterprise. Really, it's the, it's the previous storyline with Peter Weller and all that stuff. And maybe that's a, a better series finale than, um, this, but I, I never got as close to those characters so it never these are the voyages sucks because it sucks it's not even so much about the character side of it i don't know but it didn't bother me nearly as much as this did so there's just a, a few examples so end game as i was talking about at the beginning i i love these people and i didn't get to say goodbye to them because the people making this episode decided that this show wasn't about people. They decided this show was about action scenes, I guess. I don't know how you wrap up action scenes. <laughs> I guess it's how, exactly what they did. And we're home. Click. It's the biggest like disservice I've ever felt. It, it, it is an, an insult. If you love these characters, if you like this show, uh, it's like you were saying, Steve, where it's like, what, what, what show are you making? I mean, what show were you watching? Because this this doesn't compute. This doesn't connect to anything else. I mean, I I lost I lost sleep over this episode. I'm so upset. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was so upset. I mean, I never imagined they were gonna. First of all, you don't think they're gonna do this. I mean, it just never even occurred to me they would do this. I mean, I'd seen all good things. I had seen the DS9 finale. Maybe I went into it with bad expectations but i don't think that's it i think i deserve to see one effing member of voyager's crew put a foot on planet earth (laughs) even what you said adam admiral paris beaming into the ship and hugging meeting his granddaughter that would have been more than this that would have been a human connection yeah, he just had a granddaughter that was born. So, but have, have we spent the seven years wanting trying to get home so that we could see a shot of Voyager next to some other ships flying toward Earth? I kind of feel that's what I've had for seven years already. Well, and one element that clearly illustrates how they weren't thinking of this kind of thing is when they show up and the admiral, Admiral Paris, is on the view screen. There's no acknowledgement, like. Hey, son, there you are here. You know, there's nothing about that. Oh, Dad, that. Uh, you're a grandfather, by the way. Yeah. Right. Why, don't you, why don't you beam over and meet your meet your your, your 
daughter-in-law and grandkid. It's like it's this isn't how human beings react to situations. <laughs> it's just special effects and more Borg. You know what? I've seen us battle the Borg. I've seen Voyager defeat the Borg multiple times. You've kind of taken the teeth out of them anyway, but that's a different discussion. Not with cool armor you have it, though, Brian. Oh, yeah, the Batmobile armor? That was neat. <laughs> yeah. It didn't even look like Voyager. Like, how how did the warp nacelles work if they're covered up like that? I don't... <laughs> what Or the deflector. At least that, that has to push stuff out of the way, right? That's got to beam something. I don't know. I just got this, <laughs> this this comical reaction to let's put that quote on the back of the uh, of the uh, box, you know, and they remaster this, you know, some day in a miracle world where it's like this is not how human beings react to situations. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, can I, can I say something positive? I mean, I, I didn't. No. I did, I'm gonna, no. I'm going to say one positive thing, and this kind of goes through the whole season seven. This is the one thing that I did enjoy about season seven, and um, it was um, Tom and Bellana. You know, and I'm I'm with you guys, dude. I love these characters, and I'll still watch the show from time to time. I might do the you know the ten best episodes box set or something. But um, I thought Bellana and Paris were really good this season. Um, I, I I think I enjoyed every moment, even in this episode. I enjoyed their their stuff together, and yeah, when they're going to the um the fake labor pains or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's nice. That's fun. The scene where she's like, go, go to the helm. You know, I'm here at the, you know, that was a touching scene. So that, to me, that was one of the bright spots about season seven was those two and, you know, their chemistry and bringing that all together. And those characters, those characters really changed a lot from when, from starting season one. So um, I thought they, I thought that was nice. Those two characters and, you know, them having their kid, I guess, was their, the conclusion to that. So um, I'll just say, I will say I enjoyed their storyline in season seven. What's what's what makes this episode so much worse are all the pointless scenes, the scenes that as I'm watching them, I'm thinking, this is just taking up time. You could have spent this time giving me one effing scene with Tuvok being reunited with his wife and kids instead of, see, I'm trying not to get too upset here. Instead of what, 15 minutes of screen time with Janeway getting some freaking piece of equipment from a Klingon that I've never heard of and don't give two craps about that doesn't affect the storyline of the episode at all. It didn't need to be that. You could have done all of that without the Klingons in in 30 seconds for her to get some doodad. And you could have given me, you could have spent the exact same amount of money, instead of on those Klingons and the actors playing them and, and that little set, I could have seen Tuvok walk into a room with his wife and kids and hug them. No, no, you're right about that, Brian, because those were those action scenes with the Klingons. It was kind of weird when she warped away. She's like, you, she warps away at warp six. I'm like, well, that's not really fast. They're going to chase her. And then, then lo and behold, they show up like, you know, after, you know, she talks came in. The, and by the way, those future uniforms were awful. <laughs> it's just, they were just like draped over there. But OK, I'll, I'll stop. There are additional pointless scenes. Uh, future Janeway trying to talk seven into going to talk past Janeway into um, going through the conduit whether, rather than destroying it. That like this that scene serves no purpose. There's there's several more. I'll skip the rest, but I'll make one big one here. The entire storyline that probably takes 30 minutes of the episode 
where um, we are going into this thing, this nebula. Oh, it's a transport conduit. Get us out of here. Oh, no. You're, no, we can't do that. Oh, well, we're going to take this opportunity to destroy it. No, but this is your only chance to get home. All right, crew, everybody. I didn't make this decision for us. I made it this decision for us seven years ago, but not this time. This time, we're family, so everybody has to be in agreement. Wow, we're all in agreement. We are going to destroy it to save millions of lives. Yeah, there's all a whole bunch of this episode, right? And then in 10 seconds, younger Janeway says to future Janeway, for clarity, we definitely can't um, get through it and destroy it, right? Oh, well, actually, I did have an idea. Oh, okay, let's do that. Again, all that screen time, just have them go into one big open room. Say, well, we knew you were coming, and we had all your family brought here, so, and then you could just, it's like a welcome, welcome home party. Two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Wow, what a luxury. I deserved that. I earned that for sticking with you for seven years, even when your ratings went down. Nope, I was always there. You told me this show was about family. I loved them as family. And I was there for you, and you pissed on it all and said, nope, that's not what the show is now. It's just, it's just the same special effects that you've seen. It's just another explosion and another pointless CG Borg destruction. I want Star Trek to be better than this. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if this is what Star Trek was, right? If this is what Star Trek is, they wouldn't still be making it. So, you know, it's great and all that this is the outlier. And maybe, you know, stupid me for, for loving these characters so much. Five damn minutes. Five damn minutes is all I, I... You could have done it with five minutes. You didn't have to just say, we're home. End credits. I can't imagine who anywhere would ever think that was satisfying. Unless they didn't know this show. And they didn't know these characters. And they didn't know Star Trek. Well, that's what comes back to what we were talking about, right? That it, that it's not a, mat- a matter of time management. I mean, when I was watching this, when we hit the halfway point where they split it up for syndication purposes, I, re- I, I was thinking how, yeah, you could have just lost the first one. You know, really, we could have started here and that would have been more interesting. And you'd had oodles of time to do whatever you wanted to because because we don't have a vested interest in these hypothetical future characters. We have a interest in the characters as they are and so the first half is almost all a lead up with the future things and their motivations wherever they may be you you know you could have done a million things with that and uh um instead you know we waste like half the episode at least and then you mentioned other parts where it's kind of just i mean i i don't know the motivation of you know the individuals who made this but it does it certainly feels like they they uh prioritized the the, uh, the if effects and the the big action scenes at the characters and and so on so so that that's unfortunate um i, I will say kind of in a, in a weird aside and the off chance that anybody who makes a current series of star trek listens to us i mean i know that's a really really off chance <laughs> <laughs> you know, specifically Star Trek Picard, you have a chance here to fix some of this stuff. You have a little bit of a chance to help out the history. Okay, just FYI. But 
Yeah, I mean, this is just, unfortunately, it's an outlier, but it's an outlier that's a series finale. And so it's, um, um, that, that, that makes it, that makes it problematic and leaves you a bad taste in your mouth. And like Brian, you said, you don't want to watch this, this episode anymore. Make sure not, maybe not even want to watch those series anymore. And there, and we could brainstorm in 10 minutes, a million ways to make this better, you know, right here and now. So, you know, what, what can you say? I, I don't want to leave a bad taste in the mouth of the listeners and so on. And no. we love, we love, we love Star Trek and we, you know, again, 700 some episodes, right. You know, and, and the bulk of them, we can say some interesting things about, and we have some that are just, you know, life-changing, amazing things. And it's just, you know, we're, we're passionate about it. So that's why we, we have these kind of, this kind of commentary on a, a series wrapping episode like this. This raw emotion. You're right about, about Picard being an interesting opportunity to correct a few of these things. And certainly if you make a show today, it's all about continuity. And unless your show gets canceled, you know, now if you try to, if you try to end a show like this today, can you imagine any show ending like this today? Holy Mary, people would be like rioting. People would be so angry. It wouldn't even occur to the studio to, to, to the network to end a show like this, right? No way they would do that. Yeah, no way. Especially for something that's a franchise and has spinoffs and stuff like Star Trek. You don't want to like permanently, <laughs> you know, tick off the this fan base. But my my point is, nowadays you make a show, you would end it properly, unless it just gets canceled. But even that is is a hairy proposition. You know, the networks don't want to tick people off. They would they would probably try to give them a little bit of notice. Oh, you know what? You're not going to get picked up, so you might want to wrap crap up at this whatever. I'm just saying it's it's very different today. Um, but as we discussed briefly without any spoilers, you know, for me, Picard gave um, Nemesis, uh, shockingly, yeah, yeah. But Picard gave Nemesis not only a satisfying conclusion, but it, it gave it, I don't know, it made it made it a little bit better in retrospect. I mean, it made it have a tiny bit more of a point and much less so, but also, yeah, with Voyager, just showing me that Seven's, going to turn out to be uh, flawed but um real character and and that was helpful you know it was it was helpful hey they're victims of their own success or you know if 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 it had been a bad show and i hadn't watched it i wouldn't care that the the final episode was so bad you know so i mean i'm I'm with steve i mean i i i enjoyed i it's sometimes it's more about the journey not the destination and then that's an old cliche saying um but yeah, I mean the the Voyager series was fun. It had its flaws, and you know we pointed those out um, excruciatingly in this podcast, I think. Um, but I still had a fun ride with these guys, um, and you know we all love the characters. Um, Brian, if it makes you feel better, I lost sleep over another End Game, um, but not this one. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I kind of just you just kind of have to accept what it is. It's, it is what it is. It doesn't make me love the show less, or it doesn't make me not ever want to watch the, the show again. There are a lot of episodes in Voyager I never want to see again. But I mean, there's a lot of episodes that yeah, I would like to watch again. So, and that's that's true of all the um, to a certain degree of all the um, Star Trek series. So, I wouldn't be too dis I would I wouldn't be too disheartened, Brian. I was surprised that I I still felt so strongly i i was really i'm not hoping and almost expected to that i would be a little bit softened on this by now <laughs> but i'm not yeah no i'm not it's i i feel 
not quite as bad as I did 19 years ago. I don't think I'm going to lose sleep tonight, but uh, it still feels raw. Too soon. 19 years, too soon to watch this episode again. Too, too soon. Well, give it another 20 and then we try again. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be ready in 20 years. <laughs> All right. Is this episode about anything? Well, it's a conclusion to the series. I think that's what they were trying to do. That's what this this episode is about. I don't know if you want no, to say No, that's the problem. It's not a conclusion. <laughs> I mean, I did say that's what they were trying to do. If we want to get into maybe what they were trying to say, there's some conflict in what they're... To me, there was some conflict in what they were trying to say in this episode. You brought this up, Ryan. You know, they it's about family. Um, you know, that scene in the Reddit room, it's about family where, you know, seven years ago I made the decision of my own. Now we're all family. Um, and, but as you so eloquently pointed out, is like we don't get enough of that family in this episode to give us a, a you know, um, a conclusion that we can all kind of at least feel satisfied by. You know, I mean, if, if with anything that ends, you know, um, if you don't feel satisfied, at least feel satisfied with it, then it's a disappointment. Um, so, and I think that's where this kind of failed. It's, and that's kind of where I think they failed in season seven. They just didn't have a, I don't know this for sure, but it doesn't seem like they just really had a plan on how they were going to wrap this series up. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, you know, like the, one of the, the, the plot line of Voyager, you know, being on this trapped in the Delta quadrant and having to get home. It's like, you know, it's all, it can only end in one or two ways, you know, and if they were going to do this episode, I think, I think you're correct, Brian, it would have made more sense for them to still be stuck in the Delta quadrant. We just leave them there and then they, they can wrap it up somewhere down the road, but that's not what they're, that's not the way they went. Kristen, uh, Kristen or Kirsten Bayer, who I, she's on the new shows now, but right. But I read her Voyager novel. I forget what it was called. Or maybe it was two novels, but it was it was it was like Homecoming or something to that effect. Right, I've read those two. Yeah, I read them because I was hoping I would get some closure on my damn characters. <laughs> um, and they, you know, I and I'm sure this is what they're supposed to do. They still kind of had like a big storyline action stuff going on, but they did actually give me slightly, just a little bit of closure that I didn't get from the show. I wanted a hell of a lot more. Then I even if, you know if those books uh, they weren't focused on that, but they did provide some. So if you had that same problem, uh, have the same problem that I had, uh, you might find a tiny bit of solace there. Uh, Steve, what do you think? What do you got for what it's about? Uh, they're they're tr- they're trying to make it about um, a team coming together to be true to their values and blah blah blah. If they really were true to that, you know, it would have been something like it would have they would have made some big sacrifice to you know, have trust and come together and not, you know, follow along. I, I you know, and, and they didn't do, obviously there's a million things wrong with this. One thing that struck me and the one thing that made me think in this episode is kind of like a hypothetical way, to, something you could address in this episode or another episode is that whole notion of, you know, the Admiral Janeway going back in time and her having a certain set of values and things she wants to accomplish, whatever they may be regarding, regarding, you know, essentially the notions of family, unity, and people she's close to, in contrast to the character she was, you know, the current character. And that made, that made me think because it was this idea of, and I think we see this currently, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm curious what your guys' opinions on this are, is that I think generally speaking, not to not to uh, stereotype or generalize, as one ages, they tend, their, their, their world tends to get in this kind of 
smaller bubble, right? Where you, what is important for a variety of reasons becomes smaller. You know, I, you know, you care more about the welfare of those absolutely close to you or your way of life or your way of doing things. And you forgot that at one time you might've been idealistic, quote unquote, but maybe you had more of a something something that mattered in the grand scheme of things you know this whole needs the needs the many and against the needs of the few this kind of thing but um you know there was an opportunity here if you if you had to tell this story as it was you, there was an opportunity here to contrast those notions to, to to consider that you know as one ages do you you know lose track of of certain things and and you focus on other things and what is what is more relevant what is more uh, prominent what matters this kind of idea but they barely touch on it i mean they did it enough to make me think about it um unfortunately what it's about is an attempt in this episode an attempt to wrap things up and to say here's family here's what you do to sacrifice what you do but for all the reasons we already mentioned it comes comes across shallow and kind of falls flat so yeah. Let's do six degrees for end game. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Alice Krieg plays the Borg Queen. What year was the last time she played this character before this episode? Ninety six. Correct. Adam <laughs> Manu Itariami returns as Icheb. Is this his final appearance as Icheb? <laughs> I don't know. Was he in Picard? No. Um, yes, this is his final appearance on Voyager. Uh, that is true. Manu is Manu is not in Picard. Okay. All right. So yeah, guys, we we started our podcast a decade ago, a few months shy of a decade, I think. Right? I think our first right uh, 2010. Yeah, our first episode. I think we posted. December of of 2010. So we're a few months shy of, of that. And uh, we just finished every episode that uh, existed when we started our podcast. Well, you know what? Hang on. I, I should probably ask, because I've done on the other series, just a couple of sentences, anything to wrap up with Voyager. I feel like we kind of covered kind of wrapping up all of Voyager just in our conversations. But, you know, I, I would say definitely season seven was weaker than I'd remembered. And Latent Image is the one episode that sticks out the most. It, it's definitely my favorite episode of this show. There's a few others that I liked it nearly that much, but I think uh, I think Latent Image is always is always going to stick with me. I wish there were I wish there were more episodes that were maybe as kind of courageous as that one. And I think I, I really more than anything I wish that it could have bled over into other shows, like the way the Doctor ends at the end of Latent Image, for example. Um, you know, he's kind of reset by the next episode, but I mean, that we've talked about it. That's, that's the kind of show they were making then. And I I think the ideal serialization thing is maybe somewhere in the middle, I guess, overall, my opinion on Voyager, I don't think it really changed much versus the other times I've watched it through, you know, as far as Star Trek shows go, it's very competently made, occasionally brilliant, frequently frustrating, and uh, the seventh season didn't help it any much, very much. You guys? I pretty much feel the same way about Voyager now as I did, you know, the last time I watched it. Um, you know, I look at Next Gen, DS9, and Voyager is kind of that block. I, I know Enterprise is in there as well, but Enterprise is, is such a different looking show. It, it eventually ended up kind of being the same shows as these. But um, 
But the three of these, it's still it's still number three. You know, you got next gen DS9 and, and Voyager. Um, you know, sometimes I like DS9 more, sometimes I like next gen more. But I mean, those two are are, are the two best series of this of this generation of um, Star Trek. That being said, I mean, I totally agree with you, Brian. Um, I think what we love about this show, or at least for me, what I love about the show, it's not necessarily its originality. I mean, you get a lot of um, stuff that's been done over and over again in Star Trek. And, um, you know, and I and I think if you didn't have the, the characters that you had in the show and the actors that were portraying them, and, you know, at times uh, the writing and the directing came into play with that as well, um, this show would have been as very good because I agree with you, Brian, you know, I love every single one of these characters from top to bottom. Um, they're, they're interesting. Um, you know, I, I was talking about Bellana and Tom, you know, there is a, there is a starting point and an ending point in the series where you can actually, you know, see how much they've changed and grown. Um, and, and that's pretty much true of all the characters in their own way. And I, and I think Voyager was successful in that as, as well as the other Star Trek series is being able to push, the characters into growth and positive change. And so I think that's why Voyager um, is still a good, a good show. Um, you brought up, you brought up Sopranos a, a couple of minutes ago and I'm like, you know, my biggest toy about Sopranos is like, you know, to me, Tony Soprano didn't change from the first episode to the last episode. And that's kind of what disappointed me about that. So I bring that up because um, these characters did change and grow and, you know, we got to take that journey with them. Steve, uh, any Voyager wrap up thoughts here? You know, watching this, I didn't have a lot of different thoughts than I did when I saw it the first time. I think, as we, we've we've already talked about all this, but as we've alluded to, you know, they're a victim of their success. They didn't have a lot of motivation to take risks and push boundaries, you know. So, I mean, there's there's some there's some good stuff, and there's bad stuff, and there's in between, and um it, it it's in a way, in some respects, the the block of Star Trek that you know, exists between, uh, whatever it is, 87 to 90 to 87 to 2005 is kind of this continuous stream of, uh, you know, and you see that you, you see where, where kind of the, the drive kind of drops off because of just the scenario, right? Not to say that there's not good stuff in there and not to say that it's not worthwhile to watch, but I think this, this last episode of this series is, is a, is a victim of that kind of, lethargy and kind of falling off but um like like you guys have alluded to there's there are a lot of high points here and stuff that matters i mean if you know if we have a if we have current television that you know references and takes characters from this 20 years later there's got to be something there you know in, in in terms of something of value um and, and we've already talked about the high points of some of the character development i always like where Neelix starts and stop starts and finishes and that much development. We love the doctor, the seven of nine edition, that changeover in the middle of the series was, was, uh, was really smart. And that's such a unique thing. Um, there's, there's a lot, a lot to say for it. So it's very difficult to sum up the series in some kind of coherent way, except being just another chapter in this era of star Trek, but it is interesting that that like enterprise it's in this kind of middle ground where people are learning to uh, you know episodic is starting to give way to serialized tv very slowly and um as so often is the case the middle ground is the uh, most difficult to um to come across and in and, and and do something really revolutionary especially if you've 
set on your laurels too long and so forth. So um, I guess that, that those are my thoughts that come first to mind. I was being a bit nostalgic there and saying uh, the end of our podcast's uh, journey to document all the Star Trek episodes that existed when we started our podcast is complete, but uh, we are now going to spend the remainder of 2020 discussing the 11 films that existed when we started our podcast, starting with Star Trek The Motion Picture in a couple of weeks. And then every two weeks, we'll do the next movie film and the next film, and we'll conclude with JJ's uh, 2009 Star Trek somewhere toward the end of the year. Uh, so I guess that technically will be not only our 10-year anniversary, but <laughs> the end of all the Star Trek uh, that existed when we started our podcast. I know we've got listeners who have been with us since day one, and that's really awesome. We've got listeners that have been with us that are maybe more recent. That is just as awesome. And we really appreciate all of you listening. Like a lot of podcasts, our numbers are down right now because of everybody's staying at home and nobody's nobody's uh, commuting. Um, that way, too, I'm way behind on a bunch of podcasts that I listen to because I'm just not spending. I listen to podcasts mostly in the car and I'm not spending as much time in the car. So if it's months or years from now and you're listening, just catching up and listening to this, um, <laughs> hi, hi, uh, thanks for catching up. Uh, I know we've got some listeners that are still listening and they've been listening for a long time. And we thank you very much, very much for sticking with us. And we love you. Steve and Adam, thank you too for uh, this chance to talk about Star Trek every couple of weeks and uh this has really helped me during the during the lockdown it's been helpful to still have this hey brian i wanted to give a shout out so um you know for voyager fans out there maybe you know or you don't know maybe you're listening to this like three years from now um there was um the stars in the house um it's i guess it's a youtube channel they do celebrity pods so they did a, a cast reunion with voyager i got a chance to actually um watch it today so it was recorded on 5 2020 so that's your reference if you're listening long from now. Um, go you check it you out. Should do, you should tweet that link out. People can watch the archive. All right. Maybe I will do that. <laughs> but no, it was very entertaining. Um, all, all, of the, all the entire cast um, showed up for it. So, um, so if you're a Voyager fan, like we all are, I highly recommend you check it out. And um, I want to reiterate what Brian said. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to taking an hour out of your day, or, you know, in this case, it'll be longer for um, listening to our 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 thoughts and um, <laughs> my, you know, all of our garble about um, Star Trek. So we really appreciate it. And thanks for sticking with us for so long. So we will be back in two weeks to talk about Star Trek, the motion picture. That's going to be interesting. We <laughs> That'll be, that'll be fun. 1979's Star Trek, the motion picture, a Robert Wise film. That's what we're going to be discussing in two weeks. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. Send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Hey, if you got thoughts on, you know, any of the stuff we talked about today, send us an email. If you got thoughts, you know which movies we're going to be talking about. If you got thoughts on movies, send us an email. Maybe I'll read some of that stuff on the podcast. I hope that you, you and your families are all doing okay during this nutty time. And thanks again for spending, yeah, over an hour with us and listening to me rant. <laughs> Until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye.
done. I passed it.